From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we start the show in the land with a lot of basketball as we talk Cavs after an ugly January and before this week's trade deadline. Then we head out to the desert to talk Super Bowl 57 between the Chiefs and the Eagles. We close the night talking Super Bowl prop bets and making our final predictions for the big game. I'm joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, are you fully recovered from this weekend's Pro Bowl games? <laughs> that was this weekend? <laughs> uh, yes, then. The whole thing yes. happened this weekend. <laughs> I'm fully recovered from whatever that was. No, I watched um, maybe like 10 minutes of it today, and it was like some trick catch thing didn't didn't play well the tv and then i saw like linemen throwing around 45 pound plates and pulling stuff not good uh but mostly i I did watch i'm sure you both did too the nhl all-star weekend is they do it really right uh the skills competition is better than uh, any other major sport so i haven't recovered mostly because i i spent like four hours doing that I forgot that the NHL All-Star weekend was <laughs> yeah, this weekend. Most and I, I actually agree with you that they do it. They do it right. Again, the NFL just isn't really suited for this. And we saw that all weekend long. I, I did enjoy the long drive competition at some course out in Vegas. Other than that, pretty much a wasted weekend for the NFL. But that's okay. They've got some big stuff coming down the pike here. But we are going to start the show. We're going to stay at home. Let's dive into a big sip of wine and gold our weekly Cavs recap. Hey, January, fuck you. <laughs> 16 games in 30 days, more than half on the road, 13 against playoff or play-in teams, two sets of back-to-backs, eight time zone changes. The Cavs went eight and eight during the month, didn't win consecutive games after January 4th, and did not keep up with their New Year's resolution of being awesome. Last week... Cavs lost again in disappointing fashion to an underwhelming but professional Heat team, took a shot to the boys but kept scrapping in a blowout win over Memphis, and played a complete game with a dominant win this evening over the Pacers. Cavs right now are 33-22. and They are the fifth seed in the East, half a game behind a suddenly really vulnerable-looking Nets team. So, scale of one to five, one being... Frazino Merlot, a watered-down, embarrassing, flavorless waste of time and consumption. (laughs) Like going to a steakhouse and ordering a salad. Five being California white with bubbles in a can by Ohio City's Graham and Fisk. How would you rate the week for the Cavs? I might be a little nutty here. I'm going to say it's a four, even though it didn't start out the way you wanted it to. And the Heat are always a tough team to play. For however long Eric Spolster has been their coach, which feels like 30 years, they are such an unorthodox team that kind of takes your strengths and 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 basically uses it against you to, to beat you. And then you have that Thursday game that felt like a playoff game, and it was chippy. The thing I liked was that they showed some backbone for a team that I thought might be a little soft. And I think that if you look at the season – and they start rolling, that's the reason why. It's that game where they got pushed around and fought back. And then you go on the road to the Pacers, who are playing good basketball. 
and Halliburton's back today. And I was like, man, that's that's going to be a tough back-to-back. And they go in there and play possibly the most complete game from them we've seen in a while. I don't wash the Heat game. It's just they're always a tough game for the Cavs or for anybody else. But I think it's a four, and that's a really great score for me because I'm usually more towards the tasteless, flavorless one scale most weeks. But I'm pretty happy with this team this week. I don't think you're being nutty at all, Chuck. I'll I'll give it a four and a half, and I'll tell you why it's not a five. Uh, It's a four and a half because, honestly, um, really. Jesus Miller, (laughs) when did you show up? (laughs) I, I just heard can when you were talking about wine. I don't know. This week, and maybe I'm taking kind of a, a, a longer view of it, we, we talked about how difficult the Cavs, how, how they had such a hard time facing up against the Pacers, facing a team like Memphis, and we beat those two teams. The Miami game was a, a weird game. It was just one of those, they Miami dictated the pace, and it was slow, and we couldn't score, and it was awful. Uh, the Memphis game, the, the shot hurt around the world. There's another Miller-ism for you. Woke this team up, man. Like this, this, they were all over that. And the, and since that's happened, they've dominated the basketball minutes that they played since that, that event. So I'm going to give it a four and a half because I think two and one is good. Get it to our winning ways in February. And I think this team hopefully has been woken up and it just starts to dominate these teams. Now you guys are a lot more positive than I am. I'm a little bit lower on the scale, mostly because that heat game came after some other tough games and tough losses, and it's just a long stretch of them just winning a game, losing a game, and winning a game, and losing a game, and never looking fully comfortable. Uh, So I'm probably at like a three because I thought that Heat game was really, really bad. Uh, I thought that was a game that they could win. I know the Heat's tough, but I just don't think they're that great a team. I love the fact that they were able to beat Memphis, show some toughness. I love even more the fact that they came out tonight wire to wire, good offense, good defense the entire game, man. We have not seen them play a complete game like that very many times in the last five or six weeks. I'm at like a three, and I was probably a two until you guys started talking and convinced me to be a little (laughs) bit better. So, All all right, moving on. Am I crazy for thinking that the ugly loss to the Heat is a good thing in the long run for the Cavs? (laughs) My hypocrisy only goes so far. I just said that last week was a four and a half. And that was so uh, I'm going to say, no, you're not crazy for saying that, despite the Kansas City Chiefs Browns reference <laughs> you pull in once again. Um, no, I, I don't think you're crazy because I think at, at some point this, te- this team's too talented. So you start playing shit games for whatever reason and you lose, especially at home, and it's a wake up call. So, all right, they woke up and they, beat a Memphis team. And then they went on the road where they haven't been playing all that well and beat a team that this year anyway, has presented some matchup problems to them. So no, I don't think you're crazy at all. Well, it's it's a good thing because this is the first time we could probably say it all year that you needed more from Mitchell and Garland in that game. Usually you get it from one or the other, but that game, you weren't getting it from either of them. I don't think you're, I don't think you're crazy. It's just, it's a really off night when one of those guys doesn't step up and produce uh, and it, I'm hoping again, a really, it's just, they play such weird basketball, the heat that it's just like the anomaly this year that those two guys, one of them isn't stepping up or carrying the load. And it was just a really off the, like the free throw disparity too. It's just an all around like shit game uh, other than like Mobley played great defense. That's, that's about the only highlight that came out of that game. I'll tell you why I think I'm crazy. 
is because I think I said the exact same thing after they lost to the Warriors with none of their starters playing in Cleveland. Like that was supposed to be the wake up call. I don't know. Hopefully the, the second call got through <laughs> yeah. and this is the wake up call for them. And I guess it's interesting. I didn't really think of it this way, but is the better question is which game was the kind of the bigger catalyst to hopefully pushing them forward? Was it the disappointment that comes out of that Miami game or is it kind of the fire that comes out of the game against Memphis, which I think a lot of people in Cleveland were comparing to the Guardians game against the Yankees when who was it? Quan hit the wall and got hurt and the fans were yelling at him and yeah, uh, Straw yeah. got up on the Straw fence and stuff like that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Is it fair at the end of stupid January to compare this team to last year's team that around this time started to slide out of the top five in the East and into the play-in? Don't let your answer be changed by the fact that they've just won two games in a row. <laughs> I don't think it's fair. It's, it's a it's a better team this year, you would think, because Donovan Mitchell's on it. Uh, and it's a better team this year if you see like today where they can seem somewhat unbeatable when they get good production out of that fifth starter, whether it's a Coro, whoever's playing there. I think it is unfair. This team's better. This team's deeper. And hopefully now this team's healthier. Uh, and there's still maybe, you know, like a small move that might be made that that could maybe beef up the bench a little bit or whatever. So I think it is it is a little unfair. I don't think the slide starts. I think this week is what you're talking about. This week's probably the catalyst for them. And we find out, you know, especially with the move the Nets made, like, can they jump up and, and maintain and start beating teams handily that they're supposed to beat and not play to their level, which it seems like shitty January was was kind of that feel. Uh, yeah, I think it's unfair because I don't think there's a slide coming. I think there's a climb coming. Uh, this team is poised to end in the top four in the East. Um, they've got the talent to do it. You're you're seeing the double-double machine out of our bigs. Uh, you've got scoring from the guards. And Chuck's right, that fifth starter, if that fifth starter is giving you 10 to 15 points, good luck rest of the, rest of the East, except for maybe one team, right? So I think there's a climb coming. I, I see this team finishing in the top four. I also don't think it's fair. I really think it's the health issue. I mean, what derailed that team last year was they started losing guys that were really important. And we're already starting to see after only a couple of weeks how much of an impact Ricky Rubio has. Yep. You know, he, he has done such a great job with that oh. second team, taking that problem that was our bench and turning it into something positive game in and game out. Happens to coincide with Kevin Love not taking the floor anymore. But uh, that's a conversation maybe yeah. for a different much Saturday. I, I don't think it is either. It's just so hard, man. I think that you can certainly tell the portions of the show that I wrote before today's game or maybe was thinking about uh, right after the Miami game where I was like, gosh, man, like shitty January just felt like it derailed this team. And now I'm with you guys. After the last two games, I see way too much to be positive about to think that a slide is coming. All right. Positive stuff. Raise your glass. Toast to your favorite calf of the last couple of weeks, because we haven't done this in a while. Evan Mobley, in the 10 games since Chuck said he was a bust. He was a bust. <laughs> 19.1 points, 9.9 .9 rebounds, three assists, and two blocks a game in those 10. Darius Garland, over the last two weeks, 23 points, nine assists a game. Jared Allen. Over the last two weeks, 16 points, 10 rebounds a game. Jetty Osmond, 
when he plays more than 20 minutes, he averages double digits in points since the beginning of the year. In those games, he is in double digits every time he plays for more than 20 minutes until tonight when he only had nine. Thanks a lot, Jetty, for ruining my cool little bit. Those are your four. Who's getting your toast this week? Those are all really good options. I I, I want to give it to Jetty because he's winning the, the Ahmed Rosario Award for the guy we're trading for is already on the team kind of kind of guy. We're gonna get to it. Yeah, but I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go away from that. I, I'm gonna give it. It's a toss up for me between the the two bigs, Evan Mobley and and Jared Allen. They're doing exactly what this team needs them to do now. You know, last year we needed one of those guys to score 25 points a night, and now we don't. We need their double doubles. We need their their 10 and 12. Their 12 rebounds and 15 points kind of nights. And that's what they've been doing over the last few weeks. So if that continues, that's a matchup problem for anybody in the NBA. There's really no wrong answer except Osman. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're they're also something like, I didn't write it down, but I I kind of buzzed through when I was preparing for tonight. There's something like 10 and four when he plays more than 20 minutes a game. I still wouldn't pick him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I... I don't think Mobley's bust. I, I think he's. I know, man. I know. It's just... However, uh, it's somebody I rarely pick, and he's always there. Um, I'm going to go with Garland, and it's more a recency thing, just because of like Thursday and today. That dude was the best player on the court in those two games, and you're talking about against John Morant and Donovan Mitchell's on that court. Uh, he has looked like the best player on this team. Uh, he's healthier, obviously. Probably should have made that All Star roster. But but didn't and and that's okay as long as he keeps playing like this. He he's been the best player on this team for a little bit of a stretch here, especially the last two games. I agree with you on Darius. He he really has started to round into the form that we kind of saw at the end of last year before the weight of having to carry the team got to be too much for him. I think that dude's a superstar. But I, I love what we have seen from Evan Mobley because I thought for a lot of this year that. He, he wasn't making the kind of leap that I thought he would, but the last few weeks he has. I mean, 20 points and 10 boards a game, plus the three assists, plus two blocks, plus he's just kind of always around the ball. If he could just catch the ball better, he'd be the perfect player. But it seems to me he just drops the ball all the f-ing time. But Evan's getting my toast because he is starting to – look like that guy who can just do anything he wants on the court when he wants to do it. Evan Mobley gets mine. It's a great week when we can pick different guys to get toasts like that, man. That means they're playing really good basketball, which is nice. I got to bump my three from earlier, maybe a little bit higher. Let's move on to the possible changes. Our switcheroo preview. Preview of the NBA trade deadline coming on Thursday, February 9th. Possible targets for the old switcheroo to the Cavs. And there's a lot here, so you may want to take notes. Cam Reddish, he's averaging 8.4 points, 1.6 rebounds. He's shooting 30% from three. According to basketballreference.com, his nickname is Killer Cam. Compare to 9.3 points, 2.2 rebounds, shooting 36% from three. That's Jetty Osmond. His nickname is Jetty, according to basketballreference.com. <laughs> Next one, Tim Hardaway Jr., 13 points, 37% from the field, 34% from three. Compare 12.5 points, four rebounds, 41% from the field, 37% from three. That's Karis Levert. 
His nickname apparently is Baby Durant. Has anybody ever heard him called Baby Durant before? Never. No, no. <laughs> All right. Next one. Malik Beasley, nicknamed the Mutant. 13 points, four rebounds, 36% from three. Again, compare him to Karis Levert. Last one. This has been the name that came out kind of late this week. Josh Hart from the Portland Trailblazers. His nickname is Josh Barkley. <laughs> anyway, nine and a half points, eight rebounds, 29% from three. Compare eight and a half points, 6.8 rebounds, 35% from three. That's Kevin Love. Other than nickname improvement, what is the benefit <laughs> of any of these moves? I, I don't know if there is. Hardaway Jr. is an intriguing player, but I think his contract's too large. I'm pretty sure he's making like 13 or 14 million a year, somewhere in there. And the Josh Hart thing, you look at him, and if you've never seen him play, which I really haven't, he's basically a Coro without the upside. Because he's older, <laughs> like, the, like he's basically the, the worst, the worst <laughs> advertisement for a trade I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, the only problem when you put Jetty up against some of these guys is Jetty's not really that great defensively, and, and these guys might be a little bit better because I, you know if they're looking for wing depth, they're looking for a D and three guy. But when you lay this case out, as I'm sure you have in a courtroom plenty of times, you have swung me to go as a juror member that. I don't know if a move needs to be made, but I think one is still going to be made at some point. Man, I think we just stick with Ahmed Rosario. This that's just the answer. <laughs> like there is no there, there's no one on that list that I, I don't think the team gets better, especially if a piece that gets moved is Jetty or Levert or a curl. I don't think they're gonna move that young kid, but you, you know, yeah. there, there's no way no, they're moving no. a Coro, right? He he's played he's, too well for the no. last month. And he's yeah. so young and, and he's 22 like years said, old. Yeah, yeah. Like Chuck said, the yeah. upside is just ridiculous. So you, you can't do that. So even if it's Levert or uh Jetty, why would you move either one of those guys to get anyone on that list that you just mentioned there? There's no reason to do it. You bigger beard this thing and you just keep playing hard. This is my point. We have slightly better versions or maybe just a tiny bit worse versions of every single one of these guys. And I think we might be in the running for some bigger names if we had some more pieces that we were willing to move, but we don't have the draft capital anymore. And I don't think they're moving a Coro. And so I think you're just like, it's like making a move to make a move. We're going to trade Karis Levert for a guy who's getting two more rebounds a game than him, but shooting 10% worse from the free throw line or from the three point line. Get out of here. That move doesn't make any sense. I would rather they stick with what they have. I honestly don't know if there really is a move coming unless it's something that nobody's talking about yet, because I think what's been talked about out there and I tried to find as much stuff as I could, what's been talked about out there doesn't look like real good moves. Which would be on brand, though, for Kobe yeah. Altman. That yeah. Absolutely. Uh, some yeah. move that is on no one's radar all of a yep. sudden makes sense for the Cavs. So. Kevin Durant. <laughs> no, you, there's a way with, like, the NBA trade machine on ESPN's website where you could do Love and Dylan Windler straight up for Durant because the contracts work out. Uh, maybe I throw in like Levert <laughs> too. Maybe it was move. Love Levert and <laughs> and Dylan Windler for Kevin Durant, and that'll Done. work. Consider this: uh, Levert and Love. 
uh, have been out. Let's see. Laverta's sat the last two games. Love, I think, has not played a minute in three. Any chance they are keeping them sidelines because they're getting ready to make a move with those guys? Yeah, there's a chance. Uh, I, I had not considered that. <laughs> but yes, uh, we've got a couple days before the deadline, right? So yeah, maybe they're, they're keep they're, those are their pieces that they're throwing out there. Yeah. So they're keeping them safe, so to speak, so that a team like the Nets, who are clearly just breaking it down to start over now, uh, wants to trade a <laughs> KD to the Cavs to win a championship. <laughs> What do you think, Chuck? I think it's a it's a very valid point that I didn't even know because I, I started the game late today. I came to it like somewhere in the second. And I was like, they were playing so well, I didn't even notice Levert wasn't dressed yeah. or playing, uh, which tells me, hey, maybe if they're playing this well, they don't they don't need that guy. But yeah, it makes sense in any major sport, especially you see it in baseball where guys aren't they're not playing their their days off or whatever. That yeah, you don't you don't want to get hurt, so you can move them, uh, and those would be the two guys. I don't know who that like. I don't know where they're going or what we're getting. The only team, you know, like think about like the Spurs might have a piece or two that we could take because that team stinks. Yeah, and there there might be a serviceable player there. But again, I'm just hoping they're on brand with what with Kobe Alton's done. And there's there's a move to be made to better this roster that nobody sees, none of us, nobody in the media, and it just kind of happens. And then we're like, oh, this is pretty great. Like we did with Donovan, <laughs> not the Donovan yeah. Mitchell or somebody of his level again, but somebody that's going to help this team. All right, real fast. Scale of one to five. One being a heart attack, five being my effort when Tammy asks me to help clean around the house. How serious do you think the Cavs are going to be about making a move this week? I'm going to sit in the middle. I'm going to sit at two and a half. I'm going to lean towards a three. I, I think they're going to float those guys out there, and if there's a, a good move for some reason, they'll they'll take it, but not too serious. I think I'm at about a four or a four and a half. Ooh, I don't think. Wow. I don't think they're making a move, man. I just don't think there's anything out there that they can get their hands on with what they have to give that's better than what than what we have. So I don't think there's a move coming. Other than the trade deadline, there's a bunch of basketball to be played next week. So let's look ahead to that. Welcome to Loserville. Finally, Cavs start the week in our nation's capital against the loser Wizards. Back in the land for the loser Pistons. Down to the Big Easy for the barely not loser Pelicans. And then back to the land Saturday night for the loser Bulls. Every team on the schedule this week has a losing record, except for the Pelicans, who I think won tonight and are one game over 500. Is this week full of losing teams exactly what the doctor ordered for the Cavs? Yeah, I mean, I'll always take as many losers on the schedule as possible. That's a lot of basketball, though, to play. And you got the back back to back, right? Tonight, tomorrow. Washington's yep. won 12 of 17. Not that they're great or anything, but they're playing better basketball. The only thing that intrigues me about Detroit is that if somehow they can get that, that's the dude the Cavs should get that you're overpaying for is Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Yep. But it would probably cost you a coro uh, in some twos, which I don't want to see happen. But yeah, it is just anytime we can see a bunch of losers on this schedule, hopefully next week's wine selection will be leaning towards the five and not towards the one. Yeah, this is exactly what the doctor ordered. We're playing better, uh, again, short sample size. We're playing better over the last two games, right? So let's keep this momentum rolling, uh, playing against teams we should beat. Now, there's four games in a week, and two of them are on the road. So, you know, give me three and one. I'll take that. I began to feel during January that there were, like, no bad teams in the NBA. It just felt like every night we were playing somebody good. And I'm finally glad to see that there's some losers on the schedule. So I'm hoping for a really big week for the Cavs or, oh boy, is it going to be disappointing if they don't play well? Holy cow. 
All right, but fellas, that's it for our sip of wine and gold. We are going to take our first break. We're going to come back and talk Super Bowl 57. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment, and let's talk the big game. Super Bowl 57 is one week away. Chiefs versus the Eagles. Tell me, what storyline do you think you'll hate the most by game time? The Kelsey brothers are playing against each other. Next one, people climb light poles in Philadelphia after big wins. Next one, Andy Reid used to coach in Philadelphia. And finally, people in Kansas City really love barbecue. <laughs> Which one do I hate the most? Of those four options, I'll probably uh, – the only one I don't hate is the Kelsey brothers since they're from Cleveland. But uh, I'm going to hate the pole climbing thing because it's every time – they just talk about greasing poles in Philadelphia, which means they're up for championships, right? Which bothers me as a non-Philadelphian. <laughs> I like the Kelsey brothers and the Philly guy. His wife's like 38 weeks pregnant and bringing the OBGYN to the game just mm -hmm. in case she goes into labor, wow. which would right, be even better. There could be another Now, that's Kelsey. a storyline that right, I'm into. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. That. It might be, oh, gosh, I love barbecue. I haven't had it in so long. It might be the Andy Reid thing, like, just because he looks like a walrus and he looked like a walrus in Philly and now he looks like a walrus here. So I'm tired of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Andy Reed thing for me too. Just because like, why is this a big deal? He seems like he's been in Kansas city for like 15 years. Like it's a long time ago, man. Let it go. I don't, I don't want to hear about that. He's a different guy. The NFL is totally different than it was when he coached in Philadelphia. Philadelphia has been through like five other coaches since then. Like everybody should have moved on from that at this point. I don't want to hear anything more about it. All right, let's talk some about the actual game. At the end of the regular season, the Chiefs offense was ranked in the top five in the NFL in about 15 different categories, ranging from points to touchdowns to first downs to fewest sacks allowed. Eagles defense is ranked near or below the lower half of the league in stats like points allowed, pass completions, rushing yards, TDs, and third down percentage. But they sack the hell out of everybody. They had 70 sacks as a team this year. Can the Eagles slow down that Chiefs offense? I don't see why not. You're still, other than Kelsey, you're, you're looking at a bunch of guys at their skill positions that somehow always get it done. And I think that's a more a factor of, the guy I'm sick of hearing storyline, Andy Reid and his scheme than it is anything else. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they, they they can slow down that offense. Granted, Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, and he makes everyone better around him. Both of their running backs at times have played really well in season, but uh, you're right. Like that, that up front, that D front for the, the Eagles is nasty. So I think they do slow him down. I don't think it's going to be a shootout like a lot of people believe because both offenses are good uh, and mostly because Vegas will win if it's not because people are probably betting over. So I'm I'm going to say, yeah, they can slow it down. So in a day and age where I don't think defense wins championships anymore, I think this defense wins a championship. I, and part of that is I mean, Mahomes is the X factor, but he's banged up and he's got a wide receiver core and a running back core that is nothing like what he has taken into the playoffs 
the last few years. So I, I think the Eagles defense does slow this offense down. I, I think they get after a hobbled Mahomes. They got to shut down Kelsey and, and, and they take care of business. They, they're going to, they're, they're one sack away from Chad Henney playing the rest of the Super Bowl. I'm not sure I believe that Mahomes is going to be hobbled at all. Like he played just fine against the Bengals, who had a really good defense going into that game. And you remember the Bengals beat the hell out of the Bills just the week before that. Kansas City's offense did what it needed to do to win that game. It wasn't like a huge game, 23 20 at the end, but with another two weeks to rest, seems like they're probably getting a bunch of the receivers who got hurt in that Cincinnati game back in time for the Super Bowl. They're all marked as questionable now, but they've got another week to go to get in there. So I think he's going to have all his weapons. I think Mahomes is the X factor. And if they can find a way to control that pass rush, it almost seems just from the numbers and not being an expert on Philly's defense, because, you know, we didn't watch every game this year, but just from the numbers, it seems like if you can avoid that pass rush, you can put points up on those guys uh, and you can make something happen. So I I, I kind of like the Chiefs offense to be able to move the ball and, and, and score points in this game. I don't think they're getting shut down by the Eagles. Let's look at the other side of the coin. Eagles offense, second in points, second in yards, second in touchdowns, second in first downs. The only team ahead of them in those categories, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs defense, on the other hand, uh, middle of the pack would be a compliment. They're bad against the pass, pretty good against the run. Bottom three in the league when opponents get into the red zone, that's not a good stat. They were pretty good against the Bengals last week, and they were second in the NFL with sacks with 55. So they're a mile behind the Eagles, but still, you know, that's an off or that's a defense I can get after the quarterback too. So can the Chiefs defense slow down the Eagles? Hmm. I, I'm gonna say no. I I I'll 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 go with no. I, I think the You're gonna stay with no? I'm gonna stick with no. <laughs> I almost changed it. I almost I almost changed my my answer mid-thought a la Matt Miller, but I did not. I, I'm gonna go with no. I, I think the the only way the Chiefs win this game is if is if their offense just outperforms Philadelphia no matter what. So I think Philly's getting their points. Like they are they've got dynamic players all over the board. Um and it, like you said, the Chiefs defense is is kind of a middling kind of group. So I give the advantage to the Eagles big time there. It's a tough call here, only because we're, we're looking at a body of work over 18 weeks. And now you have two weeks to prepare for one team uh, with, a, with a serviceable defense. And Phil's right. Like the Eagles have more weapons, you know, like. That first playoff game, both their running backs ran for 100 yards, which is an anomaly for them in general. But you know they could do it, and they have two great wide receivers. So if the run gets shut down, they can throw. So what's the X factor? It's a lot like Mahomes. It's Jalen Hurts. If he makes a mistake, that slows them down. Um, But he can also beat you with his legs, uh, which is something Mahomes might not be able to do if the two weeks isn't enough for him. Can they slow them down? Yeah, I'm going to say the same. I'm sitting on the same fence I sat on the other way. And I think it could make for a very boring Super Bowl if that's the case, if both teams can slow the other one down. But it's possible. Uh, I don't think it's likely, though, when it comes to the Eagles comparatively to the Chiefs. 
I don't see it either. You have an offense as good as the Eagles. You've got a defense that, again, can get after the quarterback but has some holes. I kind of feel the same way as I did about the Eagles trying to slow the Chiefs down. Like It just seems like there is a recipe there uh, for points to, to be scored and that you're, you're not stopping a team that's as loaded as the Eagles are and playing as well as they have offensively the last couple of weeks. I just don't think that's going to happen um, with this Chiefs defense. So my thoughts on the game lead to my next question, which kind of deviates some from what you guys are thinking, but, you know, play along. Because it's certainly possible that this turns into a shootout. If it's a shootout, who has the advantage? Because they have more weapons, I, I would lean towards towards the Eagles. And I even barring, I guess we look at their most recent game, with the injuries that the 49ers defense kind of had in the, in the first quarter, but that was probably the best defense in the NFL, and we saw how that game ended up. I think they can score in bunches, but so can the Chiefs. This is bullshit, dude. This is too hard. <laughs> whatever you're <laughs> asking, it's, it's 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 too hard. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna end with no like real thought here until you go. Who's winning the game? Whatever segment that happens, and I'm sure I'll blabber and vomit at the mouth then too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Makes for good radio. Right. If it's a shootout, it's a really hard question to answer because the, the Eagles have all the right skill position players. The Chiefs have the right quarterback. So in a That's shootout right. situation yeah. in the NFL these days, if I had to bet money on it, I'm going to go with the quarterback. I don't feel good about this because they're not our goose, but I, I feel like in a shootout situation, Mahomes wins the game. Chuck, I'm going to come back to you because I think what you guys have done is you've gotten to what I found what was really the rub. Do the Chiefs have the advantage because they've got Patrick Mahomes? Or do the Eagles have the advantage because they've just got more depth and more weapons on offense? And so if it's going to yeah. be a shootout, do you believe in the weapons or do you believe in the quarterback? I think that's really what the question comes down to. So I'm going to give you another shot, guy. Yeah, yeah. I, be <laughs> I believe in the quarterback. When I say multiple times, he's probably the best quarterback in the NFL. And when you look at history and a guy who just retired is a dude who made everybody better around him and only had really one weapon at wide receiver his entire career in Randy Moss, I would lean with Mahomes then as well. Quarterback's the most important position on the field. You need a quarterback to win. <clears throat> Sean Watson, that's why he's here. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. We weren't going to talk about the Browns at all tonight. I'm getting it in. Uh, so I would, yes, I'm, I'm off the fence. I would lean towards Mahomes because that's the drive. That's the driver, man. You got the right dude. He makes everybody better. I'm with you guys 100%. I think if it's going to be a shootout, I believe in the quarterback. I just think Mahomes is the guy. And maybe there's a little bit of the Andy Reid in that too. Like if you're going to count on a coach who can scheme your way to a bunch of points in this game, who's better to count on than him at this point? So if it's a shootout, which it may or may not be, I would give the advantage to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Moving on, Chuck, this will be a little bit easier for you, buddy. Oh, good. Super Bowl celebrity commercial appearances, which are you most looking forward to? Walter White from Breaking Bad for Popcorners, 
some sort of a chip. Puff Daddy or Diddy for Uber One. Ben Stiller and Steve Martin locking down all the old white guy demographics for <laughs> Pepsi Zero Sugar. Last one, John Cena for Experian as himself, not as Peacemaker, unfortunately. <laughs> not looking forward to any of those, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I, I feel satisfied with Breaking Bad. I didn't even need the movie that came out, you know, like a couple years after. And I didn't need the cameo in the Better Call Saul end of it. Cena's great, but what's he going to Yeah. Can I go off script and say I'm, I'm more interested finally in a Gronk commercial that isn't insurance related? If he's going to kick a field goal live and everybody can bet on it, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to during this game. So uh, a guy who I couldn't stand in commercials, now I'm looking most forward to. All right. Fair enough. Not that we needed further proof, but the NFL is so they're like us, right? Like they are the 45 year old version of what's cool and hip these days. Like, why are you <laughs> going back to Breaking Bad and Diddy? Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? Like, what, what year is this? I hope Mace is there with him. <laughs> mo money, mo problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, Truer words, never wrapped. <laughs> those are all awful. They're awful. I I don't know of those what, what I'm looking forward to at all. I I guess what was the last one? John Cena. For I'm going with Cena. I'm going with Cena because I cannot wait for wait for Peacemaker Two. That's it. That's the list. I'm going with Walter White for Breaking Bad. Uh, that never gets old for me. But I think Phil makes a very very good point that. The NFL is appealing and advertising to people our age, which is a bad idea. <laughs> Back to the game. Eagles last six games, their opponents, the snake bit 49ers. They didn't belong giants twice. They lost to the saints. They lost to the Cowboys. They beat the bears by only five. That takes you all the way back to early December. Any concern that the Eagles have not beaten a good team at full strength since before you finished your Christmas shopping. <laughs> I am not concerned about our goose. They decimated a 49ers team that was at full strength on defense, was not on full strength at full strength on offense. Now, Bosa got hurt on the Bosa sidelines in the first Joe quarter. Linebacker yeah. Got hurt. Yeah. yeah. Who's this Bosa guy? You don't know is anything about sports. <laughs> <laughs> is he is this Bosa guy really any good? Whatever. The best Bosa plays for the Chargers. <laughs> Bill? Yeah, I was going to say the best yeah, Bosa Bill is not Bosa. even named Bosa. The best, the best Bosa got cut by the Browns. <laughs> I'm not concerned because I don't care. Long December for them. Um, which Jalen Hurts was hurt for most of December, wasn't he? Yeah, he was out yeah. for like what, like three games in there at least. Yeah, so Minshew held it down. I, I'm not. I'm not concerned. That's why these teams are here. They're playing the best football at the right time. So I'm, I'm not super concerned. The Cowboy team was a good team. What was the shittiest loss in there? Say the Saints. Saints, yeah. yeah. Oof. Brown should have won that game. Um <laughs> so uh, so, the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I'm not super concerned. They're healthy. It's the Super Bowl. They're there. Good enough for me. I would be a little concerned that you haven't played a really meaningful game or beaten a really good full strength team in like six or eight weeks. That seems like a long time for me. Uh, just on the calendar. We'll see if that really matters or not. It might not. It might just be like stupid sports talking stuff to to look back at that schedule. I mean, they did beat the 49ers. They did beat the Giants. They won two playoff games. They're in the Super Bowl. Maybe none of this matters. All right, last one. Of the last 15 Super Bowls, dating all the way back to 2008, eight of the games 
were decided by six points or less. So pretty much even, Stephen, between a blowout and a close game. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Is this going to be a close one, or is one of these teams pulling away and blowing the other team out? Damn it. Um, (laughs) If it's going to be a blowout, it means the Eagles jump out and just throttle them. But I don't think that's going to happen. I really do think this is going to be a closer game than and anybody really expects. So, gosh, who's the Eagles kicker? I can name the Chiefs kicker because he's got a cool name like Butt something. Butker. I don't know. Butker. <laughs> yeah. Harrison Butker. Harrison Butker. But something Great. was close enough. Yeah. <laughs> we like it in the can. Good callback to segment one. (laughs) Good callback to 20 minutes ago. Uh, I think it's going to, I don't remember what the question is at this point. Um, I think it's going to be so, I don't think anybody's running away with this. I think it's going to be a very close game. Yeah, this is a close game. If it's a blowout, I don't have a good feel as to which way it would go, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game. I'm looking at overtime in the Super Bowl. Someone goes for two big balls and they win the game. I have a feeling it's going to be a close game. The teams just seem really evenly matched. Both decent. Well, I mean, listen, the Eagles got the better defense. The Chiefs have Pat Mahomes. Maybe that's all it comes down to, to what makes this a close game, is it's him against a really good defense. And then you see what the Chiefs can do on defense against Jalen Hurts. We'll see. But I do think it's going to be a close one. I was actually surprised, looking back, that of those last 15 years, that seven of the games weren't good. Because that's, or at least they weren't close finishes, because that's not how I remember it. You know, I remember there being a lot of really close Super Bowls in the last like 10 or 15 years. But enough talking about the game. Why don't we take our final break? We're going to come back and we're just going to talk about betting and predictions for the Super Bowl. Welcome back, fellas, to our final segment. We hit the big book. Welcome. To let's hear it for the boys losing their money. <laughs> this, fellas, will be our first ever legitimately sponsored segment on this show. This ain't indeed.com. This ain't K Jewelers. <laughs> this one's for real. Welcome sponsor Betstamp, the app for shopping the best lines for every bet. Betstamp aggregates lines and odds from online betting shops all over the world and gives you the best lines, odds, and platforms. For all your bets, they also offer verified bet tracking, and you can follow winning bettors or losing bettors like me right in the app. Sign up for the BetStamp app, use the referral code from the land, and get an edge. BetStamp, our numbers are better than yours. So, fellas, with that, let's start talking bets surrounding this year's Super Bowl. We'll start with the you might have a problem bets. <laughs> the bets you make when regular betting just isn't risky enough. <laughs> this year's halftime show is going to star Rihanna and surprise guests. Here are the odds on who the surprise guest may be. Tell me where you're putting your money. First one, Sir Paul McCartney is plus 500. Kanye is plus 400. ASAP Rocky with a baby is plus 350. He's actually only plus 150 by himself, but with a baby, it's plus 350. Last one, Drake is plus 100. So where are you putting your money? Ah, those are terrible. I, I don't want to see Drake ever at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Man, uh, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna put it at Aesop Rocky without the baby. 
Not one of the choices. You got to stay on. Oh. You got to stay on <laughs> the list it. for all of these. So, so I have to go with a baby. He's not bringing a baby to this. Well, maybe it's their baby uh, though. It is their baby. I get it. I get it. So Aesop Rocky with the baby is where I'm putting all of my money. I think you're actually going to get, I don't, it'd be a shame for Kanye to be there, but there's a song with him, her and Paul McCartney. Yeah. So I think I'm going to, I want the odds. I like the money on, on Sir Paul. So that's, that's where I would, that's a great I'm trying song to win on super Sunday. Yeah, it's a great so song. I would go, Bring with, that. I would go with Paul. I like it. I'm learning quite a bit and that's really the key to good gambling because yeah. i didn't know that asap rocky and rihanna had a baby uh, and i did not know paul mccartney was on one of her songs so now i'm really confused i can't imagine kanye yeah. is going to be there i don't think roger goodell lets that happen but i think i'll roll with chuck then and hopefully sir paul mccartney i think he brings something that will again you know excite the 45 to 90 year old white guy crowd that's watching the game i'll go with sir, sir paul mccartney all right next one gatorade bath will it be dumped by an offensive player or defensive player offense is minus 111 defense plus 125 here's the kicker a defensive and offensive player together plus 475 even though the odds aren't really there, I like the offensive player doing it because typically, right, it, they're they're sitting next to him because the defense is on the field holding either a lead or a, a bigger lead. So I'm I'm gonna go with the my it was it minus one is that what you said minus one something? minus one eleven yeah I'm going minus one eleven uh, and take the offensive player. I think the game ends with a defensive sack of one of the quarterbacks. So I agree. I think an offensive player dumps the Gatorade. So I'm going with that, and I'll parlay that into it's a Kelsey brother. Ooh, all right. Not sure what the odds are for that one. I'm all about inclusion and everybody being together. So I'm going to go with both. I'm going to take that plus 475. And together <laughs> with my Sir Paul McCartney bet, I'm going to start making some real money on this game. <laughs> all right, last one in this category, Doritos versus Pringles. Who will have the first commercial during the game? Doritos is minus 260, Pringles plus 190. Ah, it's a shit bet. Yeah, I, I, Doritos is going to have it, so I'm going to go with the minus 260. That's awful. It's who's is going to air first. I, I think it's Doritos because Pringles. What the f***? <laughs> There's no way they're airing before Doritos. No way. It's the truth. Yeah. Doritos has that functioning marketing budget to go in the A block of the Super Bowl where Pringles, maybe it's after the game that you might get something from them. So I'm taking the minus two something. I'm not even sure I can remember a Pringles commercial in the Super Bowl. No. Do you guys remember any Pringles commercials? No, never. No. I remember a lot of Doritos commercials. Like, you remember the Doritos 3D Super Bowl commercial? where the girl shoots Doritos into her mouth from a laundromat dryer. I do remember that. Yeah. A lot of levels that commercial would never happen anymore. I mean, just from a COVID standpoint, you don't want somebody dumping food into a dryer and shooting it into her mouth. Don't eat out of the dryer. <laughs> yeah. I'm on Doritos at minus 260. It's not great odds, but it's a sure thing. So we'll take that one. All right, move on to our next category of bets, the... You don't have a problem, but still, bets that seem like a good idea, 
until you start to think about them a little bit. First one, how many times will Tom Brady be mentioned during the game? Under 1.5 is minus 165, over 1.5, plus 125. I'm taking the over. Absolutely taking the over. Two times, that's all we need? Yep. That's it. Over. What network is it on? Is it on Fox or Fox. ABC? I'm taking the over because doesn't he already have the contract mm-hmm. in place for next year? To work yes. for Fox. Yeah. yeah. So yep. you're going to yep. see him looking real smooth. I assume you're going to see a lot of pre-promote of that. So I'm taking the over. What happens if Tom Brady mentions Tom Brady? <laughs> does that count? In the double? third person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chuck, you've done it again. You've educated me on something that's helped my gambling choices. There you go. Because I'll definitely go over because you're right. Fox is going to want to promote the hell out of the fact that that guy is is coming on. And you can definitely find some reasons to mention Tom Brady during the Super Bowl. So I'll I'll take the over on that one, too. That's pretty good. All right. Next one. This is a real bet. I didn't think of this. This is just a real bet that's out there. Don't kill the messenger. Will a player leave the game and not return with concussion symptoms? Scale of one to five. One being human garbage, five being a good person who sometimes makes bad decisions. How do you feel about making this bet? If you're making this bet, you're on the degenerate human garbage scale. And somebody's going to make this bet because they happen a lot in in this game, in any NFL game. Wow. Man, on that scale, I, I, I feel as though if I was placing this bet, I would feel like human garbage. But sometimes good people make mistakes, right? Like that, that happens. Uh, this this is a real bet, as you mentioned. I think there's going to be a lot of action on this bet because it's the NFL and someone's going into the blue tent. So I'm going to put this at two and a half because I don't feel good about this at all. Put it at a five. Sometimes people just, you know, <laughs> yeah. they make bad decisions, yeah. but they're otherwise, oh they're otherwise really nice people. All right. So. Yes is plus 120. No is minus 150. Oh, I would go yes every day. I'm garbage. Oh, man. Scared money don't make money. I'm taking the yes, too. <laughs> All right. I'm going no. Just a hedge against going to hell someday, <laughs> which right now is like minus 150. <laughs> so. All right. Moving on to something much less controversial. How many times will the chains be used for measurements? Over 1.5 is minus 110. Under 1.5 is minus 120. The actual chains, like marching those dudes out on the field and measuring with the chains, it's under. It's under. That doesn't happen. What is this, 1987? That doesn't happen anymore. I'm taking the under. Taking the over. This is a game of inches. So I think that crew, all I need to do is come out two times, one per half. That could happen every day of the week. I was trying to think about games this year and how many times we saw this happen when we were watching. And I'm kind of with Phil. I don't remember the chains being pulled out very much at all. There were times where I thought they should be pulled out in Browns games and they weren't. And nobody did anything about it. Browns Browns games matter. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'm going the under. I, I, I think they maybe they come out once. And that's it. All right. That's it for our, uh, maybe you should think twice about these bets, but uh, we'll move on to our final set of bets for the evening. These are our bet stamp best bets. 
First one, two touchdowns in the game odds. Which of these players do you think is most likely to score two touchdowns? A.J. Brown, Travis Kelsey, Miles Sanders, or Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs? Miles Sanders. I like that Pacheco kid, though. He's he's a good good unknown running back, right? But I, I think Miles Sanders, I think the Eagles get it close and just pound it in twice, at least. If you were to make that bet and you mm-hmm. jumped on BetStamp to check out where you would get your best odds, your range would be p- between plus 500 and plus 700. Plus 700 with FanDuel would be the best place for you to make that bet on Miles Sanders scoring two touchdowns. Nice. Chuck, how about you? A.J. Brown, Travis Kelsey, Miles Sanders, Isaiah Pacheco. Kelsey is the easiest one here because that dude has multiple touchdown games all the time. But you're talking about a weakened secondary comparatively with the Chiefs. And the money, I'd probably like the line better on, on Brown to score two touchdowns. I'm assuming those odds are a lot higher than Kelsey or a running back. So that's the way I would go. So on BetStamp right now, your range is between plus 550 and plus 900. So you can go grab A.J. Brown to score two touchdowns at plus 900 with the Barstool Sportsbook. So if you you haven't signed up for that one yet, Chuck, go ahead and go grab that one. (laughs) But that's pretty crazy that there is a... 350 point yeah. difference between yeah. um between apps there uh i was gonna go with kelsey for exactly what chuck is saying is he's just a guy who scores multiple touchdowns a lot uh, and i don't need to get too crazy with this bet because my crazy money is already on sir paul mccartney <laughs> <laughs> on bet stamp the range for kelsey scoring two touchdowns is between plus 310 and plus 650 again on the barstool sportsbook which makes you wonder maybe if Barstool Sportsbook is a little bit thirsty for bets yeah. on this Super Bowl. We'll see. All right, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Longest completion for both of these guys, it's over under 37 and a half. So are you over or under on Pat Mahomes? I'm under on Pat Mahomes. Unless it's Kelsey, who else is it going to be? While he gets his, his targets and his yards, uh, I don't think they're deep balls. I'd be on the under on him. I'm under 37 and a half. There's no Tyreek Hill in this game, right? Where you can dump it off for three yards and the dude runs for 70. So I'm going under. Tyreek Hill played dodgeball today. uh, (laughs) How'd he do? How'd he do? (laughs) He actually was the first guy out. He dropped a ball. (laughs) You could dodge a wrench. You could dodge a ball. I think we're all then on the under for Patrick Mahomes, under 37.5. According to Betstamp, your low-end odds for Patrick Mahomes going under are minus 125, but on DraftKings, you can get it at the high end for plus 100. Not a bad bet on DraftKings. All right, same thing for Jalen Hurts, over under 37 and a half. This is interesting because Jalen Hurts has wide receivers that could – he's going to throw a deep ball. He's going to throw a couple deep balls. I'd be leaning towards the over. I, I just don't – I don't feel the over on this bet. And either side in this game for whatever reason. But if I had to choose a quarterback, it'd be Jalen Hurts. I, I would edge towards the over because of his wide receiver core. And I'm already taking A.G. Brown to score twice, and one of them is going to be over 40-some yards, <laughs> yeah, so I'm taking go. the over. There you go. All right, so you guys are on the over. I would actually take the under again, too. I, I'm not sure this is going to be a big play type of game. Your odds on the over. Your low end is minus 115. Your high end at Caesars. Minus 113. 
not not great on the over for for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, the under, however, quite different. The low end is minus one twenty one, but on FanDuel, you can get it all the way up to minus one fourteen. All in all, I think what I've learned from bet stamp on this bet is stay away from the quarterbacks um, and and their longest completions. But all right, let's get down to it. We'll make our final predictions. Who is winning the game? What is your money line winner pick chiefs or Eagles? My money line winner is, is our goose. Full disclosure, I watched Top Gun Maverick for the third time this morning because it's Sunday and I watch a movie and that's what I chose. There were no new John Wick movies? I was out of John Wick movies. I, three for three. The they were on this morning, though. Yeah, they were, but I was out of them. So uh, Maverick, for the third time, I cried again, just so you know. Uh, I, I knew what was happening and I cried. So I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. The Eagles are winning this game by three points. I want to say it's our goose. I get everything points to them and they should win handily. However, after you talked about all the dated references for the commercials, I started thinking about one of my favorite commercials in great googly movie. Hey man, that's great. great, But who are the chefs? I'm going to take the chiefs in this game. Really good basis after 18 (laughs) weeks of the NFL season, three rounds of playoffs. We're going to go with some silly movie. Hey man, That's great. Uh, Yeah. Hey, but you know what? Tammy won the college yeah. bowl pick them. You know? <laughs> I'm going with the chiefs too. I think I believe in the quarterback the most. And I think that's what wins you close big games is who the better quarterback is. And I love the Eagles. They've been a lot of fun for us this year as a distraction from our Browns, but I'm going with the chiefs. So if you're putting money on the chiefs and you check with Betstamp, your low end odds are chiefs plus 100. But the best stamp, best bet, Barstool Sportsbook again at plus 108. Not a big difference for them. If you're putting your money on the Eagles, your low-end odds on the bet stamp app are minus 125. But the best stamp, best bet is with points bet at minus 120. So there you go. There are your odds, your lines, your bet stamp, best bets, and our predictions for who's winning the Super Bowl. Fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that this episode will drop on my wife's 44th birthday. With that news celebrating Tammy Lorraine Gerber, my sip of wine and solid gold, my number one shade of brown, my favorite every week we kept, <laughs> and my even better than the best ever, I hope you guys have a great uh-huh. week and let's get together and do this again real soon. Happy birthday, Tim. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Tammy. Tammy. Yeah. Lorraine, Absolutely. what a cool middle name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Beyonce just won a Grammy. So yep, nothing wrong first. with that. We're uh <laughs> All the albums we reviewed are winning. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kendrick Lamar won for best rap album. Nice. We're trendsetters. That's right. We pushed, I like to think we pushed them over the edge. Like that, that's, that's what it took to win that grand. Anything is possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> right. That extra 60 listens <laughs> <laughs> that our Paul show Coughlin had. That- win yet? 
did he win yet? If he wins, then we know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, really right, right, yeah. <laughs> Zach Bryan apparently lost to Willie Nelson for something. Oh, I don't know what it was, but um, I don't get that. It's the Grammys. Like, it's yeah. there, there are some really dumb things I think that happen. I don't even think I like this as an award show very much. No. Um, I used but, this uh, used to be one of my favorites just because there were live performances, you know. So at least you yeah. got to see like the artists performing, and there still are, obviously. But that's that's why I thought I I like this better than like the Oscars because it's like, all right, we gotta make them go up there and act. <laughs> I would love that. That would be That'd awesome. Be great. Be like an episode of Barry. Like go up there. And <laughs> tell me about your room. Speaking of upside, Buster Rhymes rapping oh, on you guys the Grammys right now. I'm going back to watch this because it's like the medley of all hip hop from our youth. Yeah. Wu Tang yeah. was out yeah. there. Wu Tang was on. Run DMC was, was on. Yeah. 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 I, I have to go back and watch this. I want Buster Rhymes' jacket. Anyway. <laughs> Jill Biden comes out like a smoke show at the Grammys. How about that? Oh, jeez. I thought that was um, Willie Nelson. <laughs> that's a he looks great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you showed up as Tom Burke tonight. <laughs> I have he does she does look good for Willie Nelson. <laughs> I have I have brought in both the Burke and the Miller essence. I love yeah, it. Oh. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I gotta watch that section of the Grammys uh again because i have it on, on yeah. mute yeah and the the lead-in on mute it made it look like dr dre was winning the first inaugural dr dre, dr. dre award. award that's what i thought yeah, too. Yeah. Like, oh. that's <laughs> baller it. man he's yeah. giving the award to himself <laughs> i wish we could have bet on the over under of times that they would show uh taylor swift during this award yeah. ceremony when she's not even nominated we're at like five now. I like the rocks. The rock suit. Is he not wearing a shirt? He, he doesn't have a shirt. It's just like a no. piece of fabric in between the the lapels of the suit. There's no shirt. Are you sure? You sure there's not like a tank like a top that's just like really low cover cut? It is like a dry fit cover bun. <laughs> <laughs> Did not listen to Bad Bunny's album oh, today. Me neither. I didn't yeah, get a chance to get no. to that one. Doja Cat, I haven't listened to that. Never listened to Doja Cat. It's a great album. I have listened to <laughs> a lot of to hits on that album. Yeah, it's not bad. Steve Lacey, I got nothing. Yeah, he's a little weird. There's a cat Lizzo. With him. I got I gotta listen to more Lizzo, I think. I listened to Lizzo's album. I really liked it. Yeah. There's your Harry Styles, Curves. There you yeah, go. I listened to I, I thought this album was good too. It's kind of got like an 80s sound um yeah. to some of the songs. So real fast, who's winning? Dirty. I say Liza. I say Lizzo. There it is. Harry Shut Styles. Up, it's a it's an Under Armour cummerbund, is what that is. Look at that. It's like below. That's below nipple line. Yeah. <laughs> oh Adele. Oh, oh wow. Fucking Maverick Carter. Yeah. Just a kid from Akron. Look at Adele's dress. This is like straight out, out of uh, Hunger Games. I'm very attracted to Adele. Yeah. I think she's really. A good yeah. She has a phenomenal voice. It might be the yeah, accent too, the British accent. I find it really interesting that she sings American but talks British. Or no, 
Yeah. Yeah. Sings American, but talks British. Yeah. You know that that's always the case, right? Yeah. Almost. Almost always. No. Oasis sang the fucking British as hell. Yeah, they do. But listen to the Beatles. Right. right. (laughs) You know. And so weird that that happened. Or the Stones, them too. <laughs> or the Stones, yeah. yeah, yeah. Two two little rock bands. Then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe you've heard of them. Well, they're not Oasis. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> I don't remember. Gra- I don't remember Graham any of them writing or whatever. Writing Wonderwall. <laughs> Great song. Watching the Grammys on on mute is terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea what's yeah. happening. Oh man! They're already overrun though. Jesus, thirteen minutes over already. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think Lizzo just knocked back a ninety-nine cent bottle of Fireball. I almost oh, took man. a picture. I, I had I got I did, gas. Did you find him? Yes. Yes. I, got I did the same thing this week. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get coffee. I go in and the fishbowl full of those things just right in front of me. I'm like, I need to take a picture of this. Record. See, this is still record just of record year. of the year. This yeah. is an album of the year. Yeah, there can't be many right? left. This yeah, show's going for another left. another fifteen minutes at least, right? Record of the year. Is this the dude from Lizzo one? Oh, Lizzo one, huh? Yeah, you guys are ahead of me. It's like watching a football game. <laughs> Who is that? Is that the guy from Coldplay? I want to sit at that table. I want to sit at that table. That one table is Lizzo and Adele. Oh and Maverick Carter. And Maverick Carter. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at T Swift's getting down now. She's uh the wine, the white wine she's been drinking all night is yeah. finally taking a taking hold of her. Why is Taylor Taylor Swift the only person standing up in the entire audience? <laughs> no, I think there's I think Janet's in the background. I think she was standing too. Boy, man, that, there's a sign of like how times have changed that like Janet Jackson is now like yeah. 15 rows deep at the Grammys, <laughs> you know, put her in the bag. Yeah. So this, this is the second biggest award of the night, right? Like yeah. record. I think the album year. would be yeah, next an album of the it. year yeah. should yeah. be it. Yeah. yeah. Good job. Lizzo. Look at that. And she might I'm, win I'm, that too. She's up for that too. I'm going to certainly tomorrow, letting her talk for a while too. tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm it's like Denko's up to her entire album. It's a good album. So I had all the other these other topics that we never got to cover because we couldn't get to them. So if you're interested, yeah, Kyrie trade to Dallas. Um, do you ever remember a top player on a top team demanding a trade in February? <laughs> Only Kyrie, uh, Brady, shitty Kyrie. On, Brady man. retires. Do you think it's for real? Uh, yes. What do you think about LeBron catching Kareem this week? Sean Payton hired by the Broncos. The IX Center throws the crunch out. <laughs> Those are my other sports topics. <laughs> Start with Kyrie. Have you ever yeah. heard of a player who's played with LeBron James and wanted out? Jason Tatum and wanted out? Kevin Durant and wanted yeah. out? No yeah. matter, now Luca, wherever Luka. he goes, yeah. man, he's the and, problem. And, they, and that that Celtics team had um, had. Um, Tatum on Jason Tatum, Tatum and yeah. well no they but they had another guy too the guy that busted his ankle in Cleveland the first game of the season they traded Gordon for Haywood? him oh yeah Haywood. Gordon yeah, Haywood. Haywood. Yeah. yeah yeah they had both those guys at the start of the season loaded teams and he wants yeah. out of all of them yeah I like if Kyrie just plays basketball I like the Kyrie Luca dynamic but the oh best part God. of 
the best part of the, about this trade is Kyrie is just shitty and he gets, he just hurt the team that is one half of a game ahead of the Cavs. It's nice. Yeah. It helps. He just Cavs. hurt yeah. Brooklyn big time. But do you think uh, like when he starts taking five shots in a row down there, Lucas, come on, man. Like this offense yeah. runs through me, buddy. I, I yeah. actually think Luca, Luca might actually, Luca might actually be the first person to, uh, since LeBron to stand up to Kyrie and be like, fuck you, dude. Like you're good, but I'm, 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 I'm Luka. the guy. Get out I'm of Luka here. Yeah. I would yeah. like yeah, right? to see the, the team with the Cavs, the Celtics, the Nets, and those coaching staffs. Like what team that, that guy was at? Like what super human team that was that guy playing for at any point? And it was still just not enough for him. Yeah. So it's unreal. Yeah. The, you demand a trade from the fourth <laughs> seed in the East. Yeah. What is he doing? Yeah. Oh. Never seen anything. Never seen anything like never. that. Never. And it was yeah. two or three weeks ago before Durant got hurt. Like they went on a run and you're like, fuck, the Nets are going to yeah. be for yeah. real, man. The Nets yeah. are going to be for real. And then Durant got hurt and they were still willing, winning enough to stay in the top five. Um, and now it's just like, I guess we quit. Yeah. You know? Right. Man, like we're done. Um, unbelievable. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. What a thing. And, uh, great for the Cavs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, they, they, they are absolutely catching the nets hopefully this week where we play all these losers um i i can't even imagine them not being in the top six anymore oh, now that because you you just expect the nets to fall out if that dude's 20 that dude's 20 home runs and j ram is 20 if he hits two, and Bell is yeah, two thirty. Than- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Can he smoke a cigar without a shirt on at the end of a playoff? Series? <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> but man, think about now. We're gonna talk till twelve eighteen. It's exciting. so you're. I love, um, I love it. I love it. Juan one. Yep. Rosario two. Yep. J Ram three. Yep. Bell four. Yep. This catcher five. Nah, maybe no. maybe Gonzalez Naylor five. OG. Yeah, Gonzalez OG or, or, OG or I was gonna say Naylor after yeah, that. Yeah, but Naylor five. Boy, do you think? Oh man, can Oscar Gonzalez hit twenty five home runs this year? Yeah, can he hit twenty? Yes. Maybe is that yes. more reasonable? You know who you haven't mentioned yet? Our all star second baseman. Yeah, Fuck. right. There's there's twenty home runs, right? Yeah, but, I mean, Jimenez yeah. is gonna hit like yes. that, right? No. This yeah. lengthens our lineup, man. We have a catcher. Holy that, shit. Yeah. It's a good team. Do we oh, do we I have four guys? Do we have five guys in the lineup this year that can hit 20 home runs or more? If they stay yeah. healthy. Yep. Uh, this is the guardian secret to success. We can't be the Yankees, but we can have five guys hit 20, 20 bombs, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And, and then our rotation yep. and our bullpen are still going to be fucking awesome. Yep. Holy shit. God, just Josh wrap them Bell. all in bubble tape. Do not let them practice or do anything. <laughs> it's catchers, opening catchers day. report yeah. on the yeah. 14th. Jeez. Uh, that's soon. Jeez, oh, man. I can't that's wait, soon. man. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Wow. So next week. Next week. The, as, as, a, as a sports, a Cleveland sports talking podcast, we get to talk about the Cavs and the Guardians for the yeah. next 
and we don't have to talk about months. the Browns yeah. for like another <laughs> like so six good. months. Yeah, it's so good. It is so good. It's like watching right. Top Gun Maverick for the third. Time. <laughs> I want to leave on a high note. Good so we're going to close yeah, yeah. it up there. Man. Right, That's a good right. place to leave it. Chucky, go please take care of your family. I'm going to Getting some Thanks. sleep tonight. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> awesome show. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Good times, man. All right, fellas. All right, brothers. Have a great night. All right, you right, too. Love, Love you guys. Me. Love you guys. Yep. Good night. Funny. Funny like a clown? You didn't use you?